blossoming, blossoming moments. A warm welcome, everyone, to Today I'm Alive. I'm your host, Margaret Aberdeen, a survivor and thriver of multiple traumas. Thank you for joining me today. I am not officially qualified to give any professional advice of any kind. Though I have had some background in psychology and have studied cognitive behavior therapy, I'm only speaking of my insights from my personal experiences and transformation. I am so thrilled to be here today. This morning, during my usual walk, the sky was free of clouds and mist. The stars were brightly treading the sky with the moon glowing white light. The soothing gentleness of the wind caressed my face. My mind was light and calm with peace, joy and happiness, which took me back to similar feelings when I released deep within my heart anger and resentment by forgiving those who have hurt me, especially, especially those who were close to me. It's only when you are faced with a grave trauma, especially close to death, that you realize life may need refurbishing. We have all been hurt before. When we think about all of the people who have hurt us, all of the situations that have hurt us and all the ways that we have hurt ourselves or others. We're all imperfect, wounded, flawed and messy, including myself. Life is never fair and it's full of things that can never be excused. However, what we do with those emotions and how we manage them makes all the difference. Which brings me to this week's thought-provoking topic, why forgive? It's a big question, which is a profound subject with lots of segments and misconceptions. It's an incredible, powerful decision, a challenging topic to talk about and even tougher to do. That's why I found it essential to break it down into two parts. This week, we will discuss part one. And next week, part two, with some extracts from my book, Crisis Rose of a Mother. Before I continue this stimulating topic, why forgive? I just wish to say, forgiveness changed my life forever. The most important thing I have learned is the word forgiven means and is two words life is forgiven. And that's exactly what I am doing, giving you forgiveness. It is a gift I have received from the healing of trauma. When it comes to forgiveness and letting go of past trauma that has been bottled up inside of us, there are lots of questions and no easy answers. Those cars will make their present felt once in a while, but that's because they are part of us and can teach us that who we are is because of how we respond to the life storms and rise like the phoenix. This is why I figured it would be worth sharing with you how I managed to forgive those who hurt me deeply. As I mentioned above, it seems when you face life-threatening traumas, all the baggage-laden thoughts that usually burden your mind 
will eventually slip away like leaves falling from trees in the autumn. I remember when I was a little girl about two or three years old, sitting on a white sandy beach in Aruba where I was born, engulfing shallow translucent emerald turquoise water with a spade and bucket in my hand, watching the waves rushing to greet me. Once the waves receded back into the sea, they left many of nature's natural treasureful seeds of life scattered on the sand for me. They all came in different shapes, colors, and sizes with names written on them. Peace, love, acceptance, compassion, joy, forgiveness, and gratitude. Among all the seeds, forgiveness stood out as it was bright, sparkling, orange shaped like a diamond. I gathered them all up and put them in the bucket and took them home with me. Growing up, I made a pledge to Mother Nature that I will always treasure my bright, sparkling seed, forgiveness. Eventually, eventually it got lost in multiple life-challenging storms and layers and layers of conflicting beliefs, habits and external influences. Little did I know that though forgiveness was easy to think about and to say, it turned out to be the biggest struggle I faced in my life. Looking at the world around us, we are in an era surrounded by violence, anger and bitterness that we scarcely notice. It is so common in our lives and in our society and media that we accept it as normal, as a kind of background noise. We don't even see it as a deadly virus worse than the pandemic. As Chris Rock, the American comedian and Academy Award host, whom Will Smith slapped on stage during the live broadcast of the ceremony in March 2022, said, Society and we ourselves put so much pressure on forgiveness and how it is an act of strength and deliverance. Yet, it seems that our society justifies the way the world is today at the expense of peace, love, and forgiveness. I forgive you. Linger over those words. Familiar as they sound, I wonder, I wonder whether we really mean what we say when we say those words and whether we sufficiently consider the meaning. We often say them, but even as they leave our lips, our hearts remain angry or resentful. In fact, forcing ourselves to forgive or pretending to forgive when we really haven't can actually prevent us from healing and moving on with our life. I am speaking from experience. Why should I forgive? Why should the innocent forgive the guilty? Why should I ever forgive someone who abused me? Why should I forgive someone who almost beat the living life out of me? Why should I forgive someone if they showed no remorse? These are some common reactions, often laced with anger and rage. Filled with self-justified anger, revenge, 
and resentment towards the person who committed the wrong for how you are feeling. There is nothing, nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it's a natural reaction. It needs to be expressed and dealt with if we want to heal and move on. But the question is, who are we hurting, carrying around those feelings? I have a friend who suffered dreadfully when her husband selfishly cheated on her with one of her dear friends. She was naturally devastated. She never let go of the trauma. She became so furious and out of control that her children abandoned her because they couldn't handle being around her. As her hurt festered and grew, she ended up manifesting all sorts of life-threatening diseases, including anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, and cancer. Her resentment was literally eating her alive. Every time she thought about how she had been betrayed, she kept fueling herself with negative, toxic emotions. Many of us, from a young age, we were taught to forgive those who trespass against us because it was the right thing to do. Yet, why is it so hard for us to do in our adulthood? Why is it so hard to forgive others? Why do we have memories that lingered with bitterness and resentment and remain a victim of our own suffering? What are we saving those memories for? I guess you're probably wondering why I'm asking you all these questions. There's a wonderful prophecy that children are our natural born teachers. They show us over and over again how instinctively and easy it is to forgive. They soon forget their quarrels with their friends and start playing together once again. If forgiveness is innate in children, then where is it now for us as adults? Another friend suffered at the hands of her narcissistic husband. She was physically, mentally, and emotionally abused. One day, she plucked up the courage and fled to a woman's shelter with nothing but a suitcase. She eventually divorced him. He took the majority of the world as she did not want to battle in court. She was just fighting for her own freedom and sanity. In due course, she realized in order to rebuild her life, she had to release the trauma inside of her. That became her passionate mission for herself. She joined a meditation group and made inner healing a ritual to disconnect from the toxin connection of the trauma. Her greatest motivator for forgiveness was her drive for her own self-perseverance, to not only survive but to strive and free herself from bitterness and enjoy a quality of life that anger, anxiety and resentment would never, never give her. This does not mean justifying her ex-husband behavior. The bottom line is that forgiveness was for herself, her own health and well-being. Gradually, all the past hurts from her ex-abusive husband started to dissolve. And eventually, she forgave him. Okay, okay, listeners, let's focus on what forgiveness means and what it requires from us. 
Forgiveness means different things to different people depending on what the grievance and the feeling it creates. I was recently a guest on Kiki Chat Show on YouTube and Sky Television. The topic was forgiveness in all forms. The most highlighted response was taking responsibility for your own reactions. Generally speaking, it means acknowledging and making a decision to release thought laden baggage of grudges, bitterness, and resentment that no longer serve you. To stop feeling anger, hurt, guilt, blame, and the need to punish or seek justice for the person who has done you wrong. But only, only if it's something you feel genuinely and want to do. The common misconception about forgiveness is that most of us think it's a feeling. One thing I've always liked about Bible stories is that they don't say much about how Jesus feels, but they say a great deal about what he does. Likewise with forgiveness. It's not something essentially you feel, it is something you do. Forgiveness is a doing, not a feeling. But it's a hard thing to do. Let me explain. Forgiveness is the seed of personal and spiritual growth and self-worth. It is not about just saying the words. It comes from the heart and is a healing process in which you make a conscious decision to let go whether the person deserves it or not. To generally forgive and release our suffering, we have to dig deep into the root core of our pain, confront what triggered the feeling of anger and resentment, to acknowledge, understand, and accept the flaws and feelings that kept us to forgive or ask for forgiveness. Also, taking responsibility for your part in the offense. If you're truly sorry for something you have said or done, consider admitting it to those you have harmed. Speak of your sincere sorrow or regret and ask for forgiveness without making excuses. This will keep you from further victimizing yourself. If you had a hand in the offense, even minor, forgive yourself without making excuses. If you truly did not have a hand in the offense, take responsibility for letting it go. Listeners, if you're still with me, let's be very clear about what forgiveness is not. It is not forgetting, excusing, or condoning the other person's hurtful act. No. It is not to make the other person feel better. It is not about minimizing the hurt or anger you feel by asking you to let go. It is not required that you verbally communicate directly to the person you have forgiven. However, there are two misconceptions I would like to expand on about what forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not a one-off or a weakness. Nurturing, cultivating, and maintaining the seed of forgiveness is not an easy task. It's a process, as I have said earlier. I struggle with forgiveness for a long time. Sometimes I feel very forgiven and then something can happen that triggers the painful memories, thoughts and feelings of the past situation again and again. 
Memories will persist that you cannot resist. You, yes, you are the only one in control and how you respond to them. As I have repeatedly said in previous episodes, Eka Tule, one of the world's greatest spiritual teachers, says in his book, The Power of Now, that you have to keep a watchful eye on your thoughts, feelings, and attitude. I've also found from my own experiences that harboring hurts, grudges, pain, and shame, you are intoxicating yourself internally. When these memories are triggered by current events and also creates unhealthy relationships with others. For years, I held myself captive by a barrage of habitual thoughts and feelings about my life, particularly the selfless traditional role of being a mother. I imprisoned by the self-critical and self-judgmental conditioned thought and belief that I had to put the oxygen mask on my son first, be strong and protective, and always be present for his needs, as many of us as mothers do. I felt guilty and horrible for being critically ill and not being physically there with my son 24-7. Thank goodness I finally made a breakthrough when one of my friends told me about Richard Pearson's book, Kick the Thinking Habit. I couldn't believe what I was reading. In order to experience freedom from suffering, along with the ongoing lies our mind has been programmed to play, it is not necessary to change or fix the contents of your mind in any way. What is required is to change our relationship with the mind. Can you imagine changing the relationship with the mind? Boy. I knew that was going to be a difficult task because at first it was a devastatingly challenging task, especially if you were burdened with toxin thought laden baggage of abuse and trauma in your childhood. But eventually, with patience and consistency, along with daily meditation and writing, I began to break free of my deeply ingrained thinking habits and I plucked up the courage and asked my son to forgive me for all the emotional pain I have caused him. His response was, Mom, I forgive you, and he gave me a hug. Today, my son and I have a peaceful and loving relationship. Look, it takes an immense amount of strength, courage, and character to forgive and ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong, said Mahatma Gandhi. What Gandhi taught us was being able to forgive those who have hurt us or asking for forgiveness. For those who we have hurt is a mark of strength and confidence. Number two, forgive and forget. Whenever I hear that phrase, my mind flashes back to my abusive father and ex-partner who almost killed me. How could one forget this crucial part of their life? It is part of the foundation that created you, as I mentioned, in five reasons why your past matters. At any given moment, anger may be the best you can do and a powerful motivator for change. 
I remember it saved my life when a former abusive partner who almost killed me slapped me on my face. With burning, infuriating anger, my natural reaction, I slapped him back. That slap was like an awakening to no longer put up with his crap. I'm only stating that we can be mindful of how we respond and can actually learn to channel anger, resentment and pain in a healthy, positive way and transform them into gifts, rewards and solutions to free and heal ourselves and others. My friend, who was constantly abused by her ex-husband, is now a thriving survivor and speaker at various events, sharing her narcissistic experiences to help others. I have also learned to suppress, hang, and cling to baggage-laden thoughts is dangerous to our physical health and well-being. Why? Because what's in the mind affects the body. Studies have found that when you forgive, you can reap huge rewards for your health and well-being. Holding on to bitterness causes immune problems, chronic pain, and even cancer. Hands up, I am living proof of that statement. Similar to my friend who never let go of her anger towards her husband who cheated on her, harvesting and nurturing thoughts of anger and resentment towards those who have Severely hurt me, especially towards my father and the relationship when an ex-partner almost killed me and instigated the tragic loss of my second son. It was like I was fighting a war without guns. These studies indicate how health is influenced by the way we think, feel and behave. To be more specific, Harboring feelings of anger, bitterness, and resentment is like a disease that blocks trillions of cells in the body from operating properly. Following my research on what's in the mind affects the body, I am certainly, certainly clear now that my cancerous tumors were caused by the suppression of my toxin thought-laden baggage and deeply ingrained habits. This is what inspired me to write my second book, Mindful, Healthy Body Makeovers, soon to be published. I'm sure most of you are aware. I've used Nelson Mandela's quotes multiple times throughout the episode. I admire and respect him for many reasons. His knowledge and courage brought so many people to be able to live in peace, including his high level of forgiveness and positive thinking. I salute Nelson Mandela's response when he was asked if he harbored resentment towards his captors after spending 27 undeserved years in prison. His response was, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Definitely made sense because continuous thoughts of resentment towards the other person who may have done wrong it is you, yes, you who you are hurting, no one, no one else. We also need to realize that we cannot wait for someone else to make the first move. In reality, you may be carrying the heavy burden of a grudge while the other person is moving on and enjoying life. Sometimes the heavy burden of pain can be unresponsive and ineffective if the person isn't aware that they have offended you. You cannot force someone to forgive you. 
Listeners, let me emphasize, it isn't easy. It certainly isn't easy. I remember having a telephone conversation with a friend. She was telling me how she was constantly abused by her mother as a child, and she found it very difficult to forgive her. On several occasions, she had spoken to her mother about how much it had emotionally affected her. Her mother did not accept she had done anything wrong or that she needed to be forgiven. As is often said, most people carry a burden they know nothing about. As I am concluding Why Forgive Part 1, from my experiences and insights, I have learned a lot about the consequences of forgiving. It may not take away the pain. It may not even be acknowledged or accepted. Yet, it will guard us against self-inflicting pain and suffering. That's why. I would like to leave you a takeaway message until next week. Take a few moments and notice what the suggestion of forgiving someone evokes for you. Allow an individual to come to mind whom you feel has been a source of personal pain. How do you feel about forgiving that person? What does it mean to you to forgive him or her? What would you have to do in order to forgive? As usual, leave your comments on Facebook or Instagram. My name is Margaret Aberdeen. Thank you for listening. The conversation continues next week. Why Forgiveness Part 2? The Keys to Freeing Yourself. Share with your friends and family. And follow me on Facebook and Instagram. To hire me for talks and events, please email me at info at margaretaberdeen.com. Today I'm alive. Today I'm alive. And I'm feeling good. Good.